One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Hey, I'm James. Welcome back. To the sleep pod. Every episode I talk at you, making up a dumb story along the way, and hope that it is boring enough for you to fall asleep before the end. This week, the random word that I will use for story inspiration is... Post. Before we get started, here's a gentle reminder to like and subscribe, tell that insomniac in your life about how this podcast has helped you sleep, and follow us on Instagram at the Sleep Pod Podcast and on Twitter at the Sleep Pod. So let's get started with post. Terry. 
terraced house. From one side to the other, completely enveloping her section of the building. Her family had to step in. It was an eyesore. The neighbours weren't happy. At first, they thought it was quirky, a bit of fun. But the problem with wool is... But the problem with wool is that it soaks up water like nobody's business. It was a mess. Her neighbours contacted Mary's family and begged them to intervene. The sight of wet wool was bringing down house prices all along the street. So, her children and grandchildren paid her a visit one day and told her enough was enough. They understood that she was bored, that she needed something to do. But they all felt that knitting was not the option. That was a week ago. Since then, Mary had been racking her brain, trying to find a new hobby. She just couldn't think of anything that appealed. Nothing that she hadn't already tried, at least. Mary was sat on a chair, watching television idly. The show where the man pretends to be angry and not understand things had just finished. And she was waiting for the show where the group of women get angry and pretend not to understand things to start. Suddenly, there was a knock at her front door. She stood up, left her living room, walked down the hallway, and opened her front door. The postman was there, He smiled. He had a box in his hand. He held it out to Mary. Mary looked confused at him. What's that? She asked. The postman shrugged. It wasn't his job to know what was inside the packages, just to deliver them. Mary took the package, looked at it. The address was right, but the line where the name was had been rubbed off. It was very mysterious. Thank you, she said to the postman, and the postman smiled and walked away. Mary closed the door and returned to her chair, placing the package on her lap. 
Would her family approve? Would the neighbours complain? She boiled a kettle, retrieved a mug from the cupboard, and placed it on the kitchen counter. She got a tea bag out of the pot that she kept the tea bags in. Retrieved a teaspoon from the cutlery drawer and deposited a single teaspoon's worth of sugar into her mug. She poured the boiling water into the mug. Drowning the tea bag and dissolving the water. She let it sit for a moment, got the milk out of the fridge, and poured a bit into the mug. She did all this, whilst also weighing up her options. Once back at the table, mug of tea in hand, she realised now was decision time. Well, getting really into playing bridge didn't work out either, so I may as well see what the occult has to offer. She took a sip of her tea, smiled to herself, and then reopened the book. A few days later, she had read the book cover to cover three times. There was a lot of sections that required decoding and translating from long dead languages. She had ordered a few more books, but she wasn't sure if they were going to be the real deal, or just novelty items used to decorate haunted houses or the bedrooms of edgy teenagers. It was a Thursday. She had decided today was the day to put what I'd learned into practice. So she did what any octogenarian would do after discovering a passion for the occult. She decided to summon a demon. She read the required words, lit the candles in the specific order laid out in the text, and then, as if by magic, A demon turned up. Hello, she said to the demon, who looked a bit confused about why he was there. My name's Mary. Who are you? The demon scowled. Oh, what am I doing here? He said. I was just going to trick a man into stealing a Kit Kat 
and now I am here. Who are you? I'm Mary, said Mary. I just told you that. I wanted to see if I could summon a demon, and so I tried to. And here you are. The demon rolled his eyes. Oh, that's just typical. Let me guess. You acquired a book under mysterious circumstances and thought to give it a go, you'd summon a demon. Yes, said Mary. The demon sighed. Well, I'm here now. Would you make me a sandwich? Mary said yes and made him a sandwich. Mary watched him eat. Watching mouthful after mouthful of cheese and pickle sandwich be devoured by the demon. When he'd finished, he licked his lips and smiled and leaned back in his chair. So, what can I do for you? He said. Oh, I don't know, said Mary. What's your name? The demon smiled. Ah, people don't normally ask what my name is. They usually want me to... commit acts of arson, trick people into doing naughty things. You know, the usual. My name is the noise that you make when you stub your toe on a table leg. I won't do it right now because it's quite loud and quite aggressive and your neighbours could get worried considering that you are indeed an old woman. Thank you for your restraint, said Mary. So, what do people normally do when they summon you? Well, they usually want to do something selfish. But eventually I trick them use their greed against them and nobody's happy apart from me I quite like it as a job it's not bad it's better than say working in a call centre like my cousin there are call centres in hell inquires Mary no not hell said the demon the whole Afterlife, other dimensions, heaven, hell, that kind of thing. It's a lot more complicated and complex. I can tell you about it if you like, but it will come as a bit of a spoiler for, you know, when that time comes. And let's face it, you are quite old. Mary wasn't phased about this. After all, he was a demon, and it was kind of expected that he would be a little bit rude. The demon leaned back in his chair casually. So, what do you want? Mary thought for a moment. You know what? I don't want anything. I'm just happy to know that I have the ability to summon a demon. Just in case it becomes important. In the future. Fair enough, said the demon. Well, 
I'm going to go. Okay, said Mary. And with a flash of varying colours of light, the demon vanished. Mary looked pleased with herself. A job well done. A few days later, Mary decided she wanted to turn her cat into a slightly different cat. The cat's personality was fine. It was getting a bit old. And she'd always wanted a grey cat instead of the jet black cat that she had. Although that did seem apt with her current hobby. So she found the chapter on mammal to mammal conversion, lit the candles, filled the bottles with the required liquids, and before she knew it, her cat did indeed look slightly different. She didn't think the cat really noticed or if it did cared. But now she had a grey cat instead of a black one, so... Job well done. She was at a loss. She had achieved what she wanted to achieve, and was out of ideas on what to do next. She closed the book and... watched TV for a bit, and... did some shopping usual things that she did in her normal day-to-day life. A few weeks later, she decided to pick up the book one last time. There was something she'd thought about, and now she had various translation guides for Latin and ancient Greek and a whole range of ancient dead languages. She wanted to translate the final few chapters that had so far remained a mystery to her. She sat down at her dining room table. The black mysterious book placed right in front of her reference guides, opened at various pages, circling that book. For six hours she read, made notes, cross-referenced things, had a few cups of tea, until she finally made a breakthrough. She discovered that with one simple trick, She could end world hunger. All that it required was a single stick of rhubarb and the 1992 winter edition of the Argos catalogue. Well, 
she thought the rhubarb was easy. Her next door neighbour, Bethany, grew rhubarb and occasionally gave her some when she had it going spare. For the Argos catalogue, she called up her grandson and inquired if he could scour the internet. She had a feeling that such a tome could be quite complicated to find and may involve a bidding war and she could not be bothered to do that even though solving world hunger was on the table. She hated bidding wars and did not feel comfortable using online auction websites. A few days later, her grandson arrived. He had the catalogue. It was in fairly good condition. She thanked him, made him a sandwich and a cup of tea, had a chat with him and then sent him on his way so she could get stuck in. That evening she did some last minute reading. The translations were not easy to understand and were open to interpretation. Eventually she realised what she needed to do, what the true price of this spell was. She could do it, but it would mean she would have to give up practicing the occult forever. She thought long and hard about this. Although she liked it as a hobby, it was becoming a bit of a pain. family was worried about the amount of candles she was using, especially considering the amount of knitwear that she had in the home. It was an accident waiting to happen, said her daughter, so giving up practicing the occult was a small price to pay, and anyway she'd only really been doing it a few weeks. The problem though was in the fine print of the spell. After trying a few different translations, the way in which she had to end her relationship with the occult wasn't exactly straightforward and she hoped that she would be able to pull it off, otherwise the spell would not work. The fate of humanity laid in her hands, although she was confused on why nobody had done this before. She got started with the ritual. There was some chanting, some singing, slowly cooking the rhubarb whilst reading the Argos catalogue from cover to cover. Once the ritual was complete, and she had devoured the last piece of rhubarb, 
that step was complete. She had one thing left to do, to finalize the spell, but that would have to wait until the morning. For now, she blew out the candles, made her way upstairs and got into bed. Tomorrow would be an interesting day indeed. The morning arrived like any other. Mary was nervous and excited. She wasn't exactly sure how the day would go. But at least it would be fun to find out. She got dressed, made herself some breakfast and a cup of tea, and opened a cupboard and found a large quantity of packaging paper. When she had finished drinking her tea, she looked at her notes and read them, making sure that her translation was the best that she could do. It was vague, but the fine print in Latin seemed to state that she herself must be treated the same way as the method of her learning the craft was. So after a lot of thinking she had decided there was only one thing to do. She left her home, made her way to the local post office, went up to the counter and insisted she should be posted herself to a random address. The man behind the counter needed to get the manager. Mary and the manager discussed the situation for a while. She told him that solving world hunger was on the cards if she was allowed to post herself. At first the manager did not believe her. After quickly resummoning that demon from earlier, he believed her and allowed her to be covered in packaging paper and posted to a random address in Bristol. Why Bristol? He had asked her. Well, I was trying to think of a place and started alphabetically and Bristol was one of the first that seemed suitable. Fair enough, he said, and picked Mary up and placed her into a large postage sack. Mary was happy, and a few days later, she arrived in Bristol, much to the confusion of the family who lived at the randomly selected address. But they didn't stay mad for long, because word got out of the solving of world hunger. After a few days celebrating, Mary returned to her home. She didn't know what to do with the book on the occult. She didn't read it again. So she put it on the bookshelf and tried to forget about it. But she kept looking from her chair back at the bookshelf. 
And it was at that moment that Mary realized she could do with a new bookcase. Maybe she could build one. And that is the story of how Mary discovered she was not very good at carpentry. Night, night, dear listener.